And we are live. How is everybody doing today? It is Friday. No kidding. It is Friday already. Jeez, the end of February. This year is flying past. I'm very, very, very honored to have Lydia from the Body Honesty Pod Project with us today. Lydia, introduce yourself and tell everybody where they can find you, that sort of thing. My name is Lydia. My YouTube channel is the Body Honesty Project. Um, you can just find me on YouTube. My Instagram is at mom that dances. Um, those are the two best places to reach me. I am working on an Instagram for the Body Honesty Project as well, but it's not up yet. But do check out me on YouTube. Okay. And I do a lot of fat acceptance uh, commentary. Um, I usually look at things as like the bigger picture. So if you're kind of interested in logical breakdowns or of the fat logic TikTok stuff that we see, check out my channel. So what got you started talking about them? Well, I started looking, I started my channel to, to talk about just dieting and little white lies that we tell ourselves. Things like, oh, I didn't count the cream and sugar in my coffee. Oh, I didn't count that handful of crackers out of the pantry. No wonder I'm not losing weight. Those kind of little lies. But then I discovered fat acceptance and I'm like, these lies are way worse than yeah. mine. And I saw how damaging it can be. And I'm a mother of a 16 year old who consumes TikTok on the regular. Oh. I don't want her sponging up this bullshit. Like I, I, I have to do something. I've got kids. They mm -hmm. need to know the truth. See, I didn't have that perspective. My son's grown by the time fat acceptance got around, you know, because uh, I'm substantially older than you. But uh, I can't imagine having a teenage daughter, especially right now, that consumes TikTok. It's just got to be terrifying. I did a video this morning about this guy, uh, Jeffrey Marsh. I think his name is. I don't know if he's like a, he's a, and I and just so the crowd knows, I have nothing against non-binary people or anything like that. Blah blah blah. But he always like he was like, I want to talk to the kids. I'm like, dude, you know, like it's it's just a very dangerous, damaging place. But when it comes to fat acceptance, I I'm amazed at how it's been given such a pass on both Instagram and on uh, TikTok. TikTok really protects these accounts. You know, like. Uh, if you try to make any of the content that we, you and I normally make on TikTok, uh, they, it normally gets shut down fairly quickly. Are you finding the same thing? I'm, I'm not on TikTok for that reason right now because yeah. I've, I've seen everyone else. And I don't understand why the EDs on the other side are all blocked, but we're allowed yeah. to glorify overeating. Like, this well, doesn't I make any sense. I do believe that it's money, just, just to be real. Because, like, undereating... Like, norm normally when people somebody undereats, there's not even pharma connected to it. Have you noticed that? Like, they, yeah. they don't even try to put these people in pharmaceuticals. The only medical interventions that somebody gets when they're either bulimic or when they're anorexic is when they need to be hospitalized, right? But fat people are on lots of meds, you know, and they consume lots. They are the largest consumers um, of, any, of, of any demographic. So I think that a lot of it is money. Um, and advertiser revenue, it's the same thing like I talk all the time about how like Nikado Avocado, Hungry Fat Chick, how these, their, their videos on YouTube are fully monetized. I have to fight for every video to be monetized. Like I can guarantee you this video, me just being on my channel, I'll have to like do an appeal to see if I, it can stay monetized, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, my, my last video got demonetized and I have no idea why. Did you, did you, you uh, asked for a view, right? Yeah, but like this one had like, it's not music or anything. It's just like Nick Akato shaking his belly with juxtaposed with Tess Holiday. And oh, I, I got saw demonetized. That. I saw it. Yeah. That got demonetized? <laughs> yeah, it got demonetized. I don't know why. So what, so <laughs> I'm sure that they wouldn't have demonetized either of them, but no. I don't know. It's so strange. It's so strange. But Lydia and I wanted to talk about this young lady. I've actually spoken about her before, but she goes by the... Uh, it's what is it? The social anxiety expert. It's kind of crazy because I didn't start calling myself a weight loss expert until like I became a best-selling author for weight loss. You know, like I, it's a very strange thing to me that these folks uh, do this. But somebody said it's bullying according to YouTube, so that it was probably you probably got demonetized for bullying. You horrible oh. bully. I just put them side by side to say these they're the same. That's yeah. all I did. And I gave a little Gen X shout out with the old ABC commercial. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Whoop. There we are. There's both of us. Okay. So this 
person. I wanted to get to this so we can talk really quickly about her. Now, I, I'm going to press right here. We're going to do this a little different. I just I, I, I want to, like, you tell me to stop, and I want to hear your, type, your takes on this, on her, okay? This person says, I don't want to be fat because I have been before, and it was uncomfortable. I am also... So just to read, I'll read this for you, though. Uh, if, for those of you that can't see the comment written here, it says, I don't want to be fat because I have been, been before, and it was uncomfortable. I'm also so much healthier now, so why would I ruin that? Um, as somebody that's lost a lot of weight, I can tell you that I, I would agree with that person's take. But here we go. You tell me when you're going to stop. Also so much healthier now, so why would I ruin that? In that last video when I asked... Okay. Can you guys hear that? Okay. Sorry about that. I wanted to make sure they could hear it. Asked, why do you not want to be fat? It was to get you to think about the reasons behind not wanting to be fat. Okay, we I'm can stop suggest there for a sec. So this always bothers me that this community always wants us to leave them alone and let them live their own lives and have their own decisions. Yet they impose that we all have to question why we want to lose weight. Like because it makes me feel better, because mm -hmm. it's good for me, because I want to look better. These are my own personal decisions. So they, mm -hmm. they always want their body autonomy of don't tell me what to do, yet they're always telling other people that you have to unpack that. You have mm -hmm. to unpack why. Yeah. Well, the, one of the big things you just said there, I think is what is like almost like the thing they're trying to make illegal. They're trying to make it seem illegal to say that you want to look better as if being fat means you don't look as good. Uh, I refuse to lie to people about that. You know, like I, I really, I think that that's their biggest issue is that you're saying that it's but you look better when you're not fat. And they, they are trying to say that, you know, that's evil, that you are saying that they look bad and they don't want you to say that, but they do look bad. I mean, but, it just, it does not look healthy, you know? No. Well, no maladaptive behavior makes you look good. Do we tell smokers that their yellow teeth is a great attribute? Do you tell right. a meth addict that, oh, I prefer your teeth without enamel on them? Like, yeah. Yeah. this is ridiculous. It's an illness. Why are we complimenting an illness? That's another thing, too. Like, and I, I wanted to get your take on this because I had, like, kind of some epiphanies driving this morning. But... Okay, so it's an illness now. It's not their fault. It's, it's completely genetic, right? But if you don't want to have sex with them, you're fat phobic. But what if I don't want to have a child that is predisposed to be fat and you're saying it's all genetic? Like if you tell me you can't lose weight because it's genetic, why would I want to mate with you? Exactly. Because why would, I, like, why would I want my child? Like how, how, would I, it, how is it harsh for me to want to look out for my future children to not be sick, you know? And I understand that people are like, well, that's, that's ableist and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, your job, like your job is to look after your children, you know, like if it's, if, if being obese is genetic, there's an easy, easy, easy fix for that in a generation or two. Nobody fuck fat people. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, and they, they don't realize the argument they make for that. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to go back to her now. Oh, and here we are. You're back with me again. Good. Okay. I keep it in the wrong button. Interesting that everybody tried to become fat because fat is better somehow. But one of the main things about fat phobia is that we assume fat people are unhealthy because of their fat. But stop. They I are. <laughs> we assume. Yeah. It's fat. Do you think that they would be, they would have been able to? Because what's the crazy part about that is, is like they can look straight into the camera and say that like three or four years ago when I first started talking about, well, five years ago when I first started talking about fat acceptance, they didn't try to say that they were healthy. They tried to say it was none of your business. Like their health is none of your business. That was test holidays, big line. Mm -hmm. My health is none of your business, blah, 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 blah. Right now, like I'm, I'm healthy. I'm fat. You can't tell me I'm not right. It's the willful suspension of critical thinking, logic, reality, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's amazing to me. What do you think we can do to combat that? 
how can we combat this? It's, there needs to be a way to quantify the things that don't show up in blood work because the overall quality of your life still sucks, even if your panels are fine. Like mm -hmm. smokers know that they're not healthy, even if they don't have lung cancer yet because of the chronic cough, shortness of breath, all the other ailments. If there was a way to maybe quantify the other ailments that don't show up in the blood panels. Mm -hmm. Well, I do think that like, I, I wonder what, what a lot of people don't understand. Like I did a, recently did a video on, uh, did a video on, I think it was Alexandra Rodriguez or something like that, you know? Where she was saying how her blood work is good and this and that's fine, but like she's or no, and she's not pre-diabetic anymore. I think it was Anna with glitter and laser or something like that. Like you're on medication for it. Like you're not actually not pre-diabetic. The medication is making your blood levels correct. So when they talk about like, well, I'm healthy. My doctor says I'm healthy. Are you on medications? Like and, and to realize it's just a snapshot in time, like. It's like these, like we're now, we're now suspending the concept that you are health, like you can somehow be healthy when you're fat and you don't age. Like it's not like age isn't going to make anything harder, you know, but at the same time, it's often used as an excuse of why people can't lose weight. So I just, it's for me, it's interesting to talk to somebody like you because you see like stuff, like the same stuff I see from a different point of view, because I have a lot of questions about it too, and I just don't understand where the breakdown is. And I, I always like getting people's opinions on it because I want to make sure that I'm just not viewing stuff from my microcosm, from you know, from my my viewpoint. I think other viewpoints are extremely important. But how do we like? How do we get there where it's like all of a sudden this big disconnect where you're okay, you're healthy, you're 25 and you're 300 pounds, and you say you're healthy. What when, what happens when you're 35? Like at some point in time, carrying an extra hundred pounds on you, like I, I, I just can't imagine how horrible that would feel. Like I did this thing when I first lost a bunch of weight where I carried it. I, I wore a heavy backpack all day long, like just to re remember it's telling, like you don't realize how much, how, how damaging it is until you actually get there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's, it's just an interesting concept. This one, this one, um, sorry, the, there's a show in the UK. I can't remember which one it is, but I remember that they would take someone who was overeating and make them go visit someone who was like 600 pounds and was part mm. of the show of like the shock of like, this is where you're heading. Wow. Look at this person, like a Tammy Slayton. They can't get up maybe like some eye opening, spend an hour with this person, not being able to get up off the couch. Mm -hmm. Well, I often say that too, like Tammy Slayton, let's, 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 let's like her and anybody that gets to the point where you're so big, you can't get up. I, 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 I do have a hard time. Har I have a harder and harder time feeling bad for them. You know what I mean? Because that's privilege. It's just absolute to be able to, do you know how much food Tammy Slayton must eat in a day? Yeah. A 600, a 600 pound person. That is a lot of calories, a lot mm -hmm. of food that they are not preparing for themselves. Cause again, they can't get up out of bed. Yep. So that even adds more cost. It's privilege. And I know that that's crazy because we hear thin privilege all the time. I'm sure you've been accused of being, of having all thin the privilege. Time. All the time. I got all the privileges apparently. <laughs> you, you get all the privileges? Apparently. <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't, I don't get all the privileges, but I, I get white privilege, white privilege, and then occasionally skinny privilege, occasionally. So. But even if every single person on this planet ate the same foods, did the same exercise, we all lived the exact same lives, there would still be fat people and non-fat people. Stop. No, there wouldn't. So one of the things that really pisses me off, I, mean, I say that for every sentence on these videos. Mm -hmm. One of the things mm -hmm. that pisses me off anyways, is, um, this whole notion of uh, being able to eat the same as somebody else. And one of the things that I always see is when people, when women will compare themselves to men all the time. Alan, you probably outweigh me by about 100 pounds. I'm 118, okay? Mm -hmm. If you and I were to eat the same, like I would be very obese and you would be starving. Yeah. So there's often it's that... It's tragic that people view that like just in, in reference, like my wife 
is five foot one and a half inches tall on her driver's license. And that's what we're going to go with. Um, <laughs> but, like, there's... I, I love you. <laughs> uh, but, um, little inside joke. Anyway, um, but there's other women that are 5'10", especially for women to try to say, like, if I, you know, me and her eat the exact same, but she's skinny and I'm fat. Well, if there's eight inches of difference in height between, you know, one woman to another woman, of course you shouldn't eat the same things. Like... The, the suspension, again, of logic and critical thinking and everything like that, there's different metabolisms. There's like, I, I get that fairly often in my coaching too. Like, well, this person can eat this and I can't. Well, it sucks for you then. What else do you want me to tell you? You know, like, because it's the same thing, like, you know, I, I can't eat gluten. Should you not be able to eat gluten? I mean, for real, like, if I can't eat gluten, should you not be able to eat gluten? Like, you should, it should be outlawed for you, Right. That's what that's like. I can't eat it because it like almost gives me pancreatitis. But if you can eat it and you want to occasionally, go ahead and eat it. Like I would suggest you keep it to a very minimum of your diet anyway, but all that stuff. But you know, it's the like peanut allergies. Like if somebody's allergic to peanuts, nobody should eat peanuts because one person can't. I mean, it's this very strange privilege type mm-hmm. thing where like for some reason you think you should eat as much as adult male when you're an adult female and not not be looked at as like well you're overeating because you don't need that much i think it, i i'm glad you said that too because a lot of people don't catch on that one when i when i when i pre-watched this video it was one of the things i actually caught on and wanted to talk about like that's one of the dumber arguments like you you do need to have like low iq to try to make that logical argument and think it's going to stick in mm-hmm. my opinion because at no point in time is that in any way close to Realistic, but I mean, we, we like we also are talking about a very large majority of the same people that believe that there's not really biological differences between the sexes and stuff like that. Blah blah blah, right? Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later too, because I always I do find there's a very directed, like a lot of people that believe uh, uh, in the, kind of the the stuff where it's like women aren't actually women. Uh, also, also follow along, follow along with fat acceptance. It's a very strange thing. Well, the muscle mass alone makes a huge difference. I think I, I entered the calories into a calculator for me versus my boyfriend, who's 5'10", 170. Mm-hmm. And if I ate what he needs to maintain his body, I would not just meet, I would get, I would weigh more than him because the number of calories per pound of muscle versus calories per pound of fat, like mm-hmm. I, I would pass it. I wouldn't be 170. I would be like 200. Yeah. Uh, and... To, I mean, to a, and to a great degree, a lot of that is testosterone, everything like that. There's just so many other differences, too. Same thing with, um, there's a thing called the Q angle, where be, being very morbidly obese is actually way, 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 way more debilitatingly unhealthy for women than it is men. And here's why. Ten years ago, if there was a fat man, it was because he had a big old beer belly, because he drank too much beer and ate too much pasta and everything like that. And there were about 280 pounds, like me. Uh, like I was, and you were unhealthy, right? And your back hurt, your knees hurt, and all like that. A 280-pound female was extremely, extremely rare. Like, extre- like, like I'm talking like 300-pound women were incredibly, incredibly, incredibly rare even 10 years ago, right? And one of the biggest reasons was they die young, like super young. Like, it, it's been seen where obese women uh, live a little longer than obese men. I bet you money that those st- the statistics that are taken in the next five, 10 years, will show that that's flipped. And the reason being is, being morbidly obese, women tend to become uh, inambulatory much easier because the Q angle of the hip is a 17 degree difference in the angle of the angle of insertion of the neck of the femur into into the hip socket, right? And it causes women's knees to valgus. Like if you have a, if your daughter's, well, and you're a dancer, so you know, like knee protection. The number one knee injury for females is, for female athletes is ACL tear. Because their knees valgus easier, they go, which means they collapse in easier. And that's due to the angle of their hip more than anything. Like that's why, that's why men tend to be able to like cut faster when they run, like for football and stuff like that, right? 
Well, when you have to stand with your legs apart because the girth is so big, already with a larger Q angle than men, it causes even more what's called uh, shear force on your ACL, like straight down. And it causes more knee injury. More, 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 more obese women have knee injuries and more than obese men. And it's just like these little differences that I don't think people understand are completely scientifically based and meant to help people. But when you have this kind of crazy face, like you tell me that that's not some psycho looking stuff right there. I mean, look at the eyes. That's some crazy stuff, you know? Like she's looking past these things for her emotions almost, you know? Uh-huh. And there are some healthy habits that you can adopt that will probably make you lose weight. So let's say, for example, that I don't want to drink soda because we know soda is not good for you. If I am previously a soda drinker and I give up drinking soda, there is a good chance that I will lose weight from that. Okay. On this one, I think it's so important that we couple the healthy lifestyle change with the weight loss because otherwise we're setting ourselves up for swapping bad habits. What if, like, removing soda and replacing it with juice? Yay, I'm healthy. No. The only, the only way you, the only way you don't switch, the, the only way you don't lose weight when you went, if you drink an absorbent amount of soda, even one a day, like even even a, even one a day, if you don't, if you just change that to water and change nothing else, if you change it to zero calories and change nothing else, you'll likely lose about twenty pounds in a year. Mm-hmm. You know, if everything remains consistent, if your weight has been consistent and your activity is consistent and everything else you eat stays consistent. If you switch soda to zero calorie beverage even, you're likely gonna lose 20 pounds, anywhere from 18 to 20 pounds mathematically, depending on how it works out, right? Um, so to not lose weight if you stop drinking soda means you've added what exactly what Lydia says said, you've added a bad habit onto it. Like you have replaced those calories with something else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, we get. <laughs> I, well, I stopped drinking soda and I started drinking orange juice every morning. <laughs> it's, it's probably or more if sugar. You, if you don't swap it with water, what if, like, I have a lot of friends that say, well, I don't even, I don't like the taste of water. So if they don't drink soda and they drink nothing, they'll probably eat more. Yeah. It drives me crazy when people say that I don't like the taste of water. What does that even mean? Like, <laughs> do, do you know who doesn't worry about the taste of water? Like some kid in like a, a country that doesn't even have running plumbing that's drinking from a muddy pool. You know, it's so privileged. Like I don't like the taste of water. Grow up, adult a little bit, please. You know, jeez. But even if I did not lose any weight from cutting soda out, the cutting out- That means you added another healthy habit, uh, unhealthy habit. Like you added calories back. Out of the soda is the healthy habit. Not it's- really, no, no, not really. It's healthier, yeah. I but no, no. In all the videos that I've made about this in the past couple days, I was very clear to say intentional weight loss because that's what I mean when the intention is weight loss and not health. Okay, why do we have to govern this? Like this, they want body autonomy so badly. This community, yet everything has to be governed. Your intentions need to be pure. What if my intentions are vain? What Mm -hmm. business is it of yours? Well, speaking of something like, in, especially in the last couple of years, I've gotten to the stage where like, I'm going to say stuff and you don't like it. That's a, definitely a you problem. You know, like, because I'm like, I think out everything I'm going to say in my, it, you know, I not think it out, but I, I'm good with what I, with everything I say. The governing of you, if you do this for this, it means you're a bad person. If that's how it's going to be, Okay. Like, I mean, if that's how, what the person thinks, like, I don't even think we're going to be able to change her mind about this or anybody's. I don't think we're going to change anybody's mind that already thinks this way. What will happen is this woman is going to have some sort of serious health event or something like that. She's young. I mean, it's like she's in, like, younger, way younger than me. And she's going to be fine for probably a little while unless she keeps adding weight onto her. I mean, who knows? But to think like intent, like the intentional loss of weight being a negative when you're fat is like that's that to me is like dangerous rhetoric to people you it's know awful. it's scary yeah but because of fat phobia we conflate them to be one in the same thing that being fat is bad health being 
isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is 100% of the time. I don't think we can One conflate half. facts. I don't, no. Like, it is. I think that there's always this uh, narrative about the fat itself not being unhealthy, but the fat itself is unhealthy. Like exactly. they spent so much time on, oh, but it, it's only correlated to disease. It's only correlated to this. But the fat itself is active. The fat yeah. itself, even the stuff it's not causing, just having it is dangerous. Well, the correlation causation argument for, in, for health drives me crazy because mm -hmm. they actually like actual causation is known very little. Like we don't we know that if people take in more vitamin D, that this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, and they're healthier, right? We don't know why. We don't know what causes the changes. We don't know what vitamin D actually does does, you know? Uh, and, and to a certain degree, we like, yes, but there's other, there's so many things we don't know why it, it works that way. There is literally a, um, one of the weight loss procedures is called the duodenal switch. It's, it's, a, it's the bypass, it's normally the second stage. So oftentimes, very, very, very large people, like one, one of the ladies from uh, my two-ton family got this. But she got, they get the gastric sleeve, which produces about a year of very serious weight loss as long as they're watching what they do. And then it slows down. And then she had what's called a duodenal switch, which is where they take the end of the, end of the already sleeved stomach and they almost port it down to the small intestines instead of the large intestines. So there's less absorption, right? And it's super unhealthy, except for it automatically cures type 2 diabetes and they have no idea how, right? it automatically completely reverses type two diabetes and they have no idea how I did. A, I did an interview with the doctor from my two ton family the, uh, uh, and he was talking about it and he, it's a doctor who does weight loss surgery saying they have no idea why it works. It just reverses type two diabetes. So we know that the surgery does this. So that's the, that's the uh, uh, correlation, but causation, they have no idea why none. They just know it does it. It doesn't change the fact that it actually does it, right? right? It's the same thing where the very few things you can tell about obesity, nobody really wants to hear about because, you know, as a causation, you have more body mass. Therefore, your body needs to get more oxygen to pump to more body. Therefore, your heart must beat harder to, you know, get all the blood out of it and more times. And we do know that... Uh, this raises a person's resting heart rate. The average obese person's resting heart rate is something like 75 to 90. A oh resting heart rate of 75 to 90 is tragic. If you have a resting heart rate of 75 to 90, it's very scary. That's one of the reasons why I don't believe in, uh, in a lot of these uh, weight loss drugs right now is because they, they raise resting heart rate for adults anywhere from three to five beats a minute and for children anywhere from seven to nine beats a minute. Seven to nine beats a minute at, uh, on the average for a raise of your resting heart rate is humongous. It's, it, it's, I, it's very, very bad, right? But the, ca the causation, the, it's, it's a way for them to like, dismiss stuff. Like you don't even know fat's being bad. That's just correlation. It's not causation. Like, it's just such a weak, 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 weak argument, you know, that, I, that it's, you know. But yet they will always say that the environment causes the obesity but obesity yeah. is only correlated to disease yeah the environment causes obesity but it's mostly genetic it's like the arguments just keep going on and on and on the the it, the the argument that obesity is genetic is a pharmaceutical selling tool i you know i i, I think that was planted in the fat acceptance community mm -hmm. by the pharmaceutical industry i really do and if you don't believe me that the pharmaceutical industry is going after the fat acceptance community and using them to make money, okay. ask, yourself, ask yourself when you go on to TikTok, type in Ozempic results and just watch the videos of people very clearly, and I mean very clearly, doing paid ads for it without listing it as a paid ad. Like, they are very, like, these people are very, very clearly. I've never seen a group of people so happy to inject themselves with something they throw up, they get nauseous, all this, all these things, but they're still on it because they're literally just, it's, it's advertisements. You know, I can't prove that they're being paid, but it seems to me like they're being paid. All right. We're going to finish up with her. We might go to a second video of hers too. Being thin is good health. And statistically, if you're going based on the mortality rate, people who are slightly overweight are actually the healthiest group. Okay. So that's no, no, no. wrong. <laughs> it is wrong. 
Uh, go ahead. There's, there's two major problems with that, and they, they always say the same argument. Okay, the study that they always quote, number one, does not account for uh, behaviors. And if you if you take out all the smokers from the study, because um, most of the smokers are of normal weight, then the curve changes. And a lot of people that get diseases due to their obesity, like when they're 50, start to lose weight because of their condition and then they pass when they're overweight or of normal weight but they got the condition when they were obese if you if you account for these things it doesn't come close mm -hmm. doesn't come close there's tons of studies that show that well there's also the factor if you look at the population level uh there like if you look at thin healthy like people like me and you we're five six percent of the population you know, I mean, like we're a, we're a very it's sad, but we are a very small example. Uh, there's a lot of people like if underweight between underweight, healthy weight, and then overweight. Overweight to a certain degree, if you're going just off BMI, I you know there's there's a lot of people in there that would be waist to height ratio, uh, still healthy. I wish we just used waist to height ratio. I really do. I, I you know, it would just be a much easier thing. People would have. No excuse because you can literally see it's visceral fat, you know, it, it, and to a great degree, it would remove the argument about athletes and remove the argument about some women who just carry a little bit more extra body fat. Like I've, I've got one or two clients that weigh like 175 pounds as a woman, five, 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 six, technically they're overweight, but their waist to height ratio puts them very thin. You know what I mean? Like it's just how they're built, you know, mm -hmm. but like to to look at numbers like that and say well you know the on a mortality level basis overweight people die the least that's because there's just a lot more of them than healthy people of a healthy weight because there's still a lot of people that are a healthy weight that are massively unhealthy in our society like massively massively and i agree with that for mm -hmm. them so here we go last little bit most of our research about fat and its effects on the body are not done well either all of these studies. I love how she like acts like she's a scientist. They're just not done well. These studies. These <laughs> are, are also they based done? on the BMI, which is also not accurate and has racist origins. Again with that racism. <laughs> I just find it so. That's so offensive. Like it's it just so. It's so offensive. Like, and I, I, for them not to see it, it just is part of our society, I guess. I don't even get it. I, I, I don't even understand how we got there where it's like the the co-opting the, the co of somebody else's discrimination, like somebody else's plight. It's just, mm -hmm. and I'm the mean one. I wanted to, I, I saw an interesting one here. Have you ever heard of the obesity paradox? This, the study they, that they yeah. talk about all the time? Yeah, they say that there's a protective um, effect due to people getting heart attacks if mm -hmm. they're overweight, but really it's that they're younger. Like the, the younger, fatter people getting the heart attack that don't die versus someone who was thinner that wouldn't have gotten a heart attack younger gets it older in life and passes. So I have an interesting take on the obesity paradox because I'm big into survival shows. Like, like, on, like they're some of the only content I take in is watching people go try to survive in the woods. Like mm -hmm. I, just, I absolutely find it so interesting because... I, one, I love doing stuff like that, but two, uh, it's just an interesting take on, on human nature and how people can keep pushing and keep pushing when they have to. And if, you know, somebody asked me one time not too long ago, if I would ever get put on one of these shows, how would I, how would I prepare? Like what skills would I try to do and everything like that? I'm like, skill wise, I'm pretty rocking. You know, like, I mean, I can make a, I can friction, make a fire and I can build shelters and all like that. But the very first thing I would do is gain 40 pounds. And, and they're like, what? I'm like, but you're a health coach. I'm like, yeah, but if you're going to be out in the woods for an extended period of time and you have to get your own food and your own water and your own shelter, you know, if you watch these shows, some very, very, very good people at building shelters, making fire, even hunting and fishing, like people that get food in them constantly are still just losing tons of weight because they're burning. I mean, if you think about what it takes to survive out in the wilderness, collecting your own water, boiling your own water, trying to store your own water, trying to constantly improve your position by storing food. You're constantly searching for food. You're constantly fishing. You're constantly hunting. So your movement is nonstop all day long from when you wake up until when you go to sleep, right? And then 
say you get, you know, say you are able to get 1,500 calories that day from like three or four fish and you find a bunch of nuts and berries and stuff like that. 1,500 calories to collect on your own in the woods without a big kill, without like a big game kill, is in fact kind of amazing, right? But you're burning 4,000 calories a day. You're, you're losing like, you know, three-fourths of a pound to a pound a day, right? So I would gain 40 pounds of fat, not muscle, fat, to just survive on for a while. Because I can, like, as long as I'm getting plenty of hydration, I can live off my, my body fat. I'm good. You know, I've, I've worked, I've done it before, right? It's very similar to the obesity paradox. What they're talking about a lot of times is that people get cancer or something like that, and then they have to go through chemotherapy, or they get some sort of wasting disease, just like you talked about, or like they're talking about, and it causes them to either not have any appetite, not be able to eat, or anything like that. Now, if you're already at a lean state, and you lose your appetite, and you have a disease that your body needs to burn a lot of calories to help fight off, and or the treatment is actually a poison that your body needs to help fight off, you're going to die. I mean, you're, you're going to die much faster than a person who's got... 40 extra pounds of fat on them that they can not eat for a while and their body goes to gluconeogenesis and burns the fat and all like that. That is the obesity paradox. It is that you can just live in through death longer <laughs> is, is really the obesity paradox. Kind of crazy. So I did want to open it up for anybody to have any questions for Lydia or anything like that. Please do ask. I would love, I, you know, I, we want to give her this opportunity and I do encourage everybody um, and while I, I'm going to find a question for you, and while I'm looking for the question for you, I'm going to get the link to your channel. I'm going to post it in the chat, okay? So let's find one that you would like. And you can, you can click on uh, somebody said alone. If you, if, Lydia, if you don't watch the show alone, you have to. Okay. Just go ahead. Mm -hmm. It's neat. Mm. Alan got me addicted to alone. That's an addictive show. It really is. I'm telling you, you should watch it. Everybody should watch it. Uh, if you see any you want, let me know. Wait. You should watch the show, Can Fat Teens Hunt? Trying to Survive in the Jungle with a, pr a Primitive Tribe. I've never heard of it, but I will. <laughs> and Somebody, you guys can ask, ask me or Lydia questions. Please do. Let me try to see if we missed any up here while we were talking. Why does mine say 96 beats per minute? If your resting heart rate's 96 beats per minute, what, I mean, are you resting? Or did you just have caffeine or something like that? I don't know. Is, is she your, your go-to? Oh, here we go. Lydia, thoughts on, uh, on the silence of the fat acceptance community over the recent deaths? Uh, they won't even acknowledge these young people. It is sad and heartbreaking. Like, this really shows me that they are not a community because they don't honor their own. They forget about that, you. The second you get sick and leave, they ignore it. Mm -hmm. And that's not I, community. That's just no. willful, willful ignorance. So I always talk about that a little bit. Like people, my headset just went crazy. Can you say something? Yes. Hear okay, me? my headset was like, yeah, my headset <laughs> went crazy. Um, but uh, like Mark and I, Mark's, Mark's, besides my wife and my son, Mark's my best friend easily ever, I've, I've ever had. Um, him and I will very much disagree on lots of shit, like every, lots of stuff, right? And at one point in time, we had a falling out to the point where we didn't talk for like two years. But we're a community, like of fitness professionals, and. When he reached out to me and I, you know, I, I reached right back out to him, you know, that's community, right? Like, even though you have differences, you're in a community of people and you take care of each other. I find that when anybody from the fat acceptance community t even talks about losing weight, the reaction that they get is un unbelievable. Like, it's worse than I get from them. Like... Uh, you know, I, I still get treated way better than, by the fat acceptance community than a fat acceptance community member that leaves. Way better. Yep. And I think that you're right. I, th I just don't think that's community at all. I, th I, th I think that the ones that they have in their community, that the community is completely toxic. 100% completely toxic. And by the way, guys, here you go. Please do go follow the Body Honesty Project 9816 on YouTube. Uh, you can go right from, that, right from, the, uh, right from the link there. 
Lydia, how much time do you spend on research for your videos? So much science and rational thought. You do, I was going to ask you this myself. You seem to do a lot of research. And you put way more effort into putting clips and shit like that in than I do. So how, how much time? Uh, depends. The ones that I put an animation in, so if I do a little cartoon description of the topic, those ones probably take me about 20 to 30 hours. Um, the ones that I make that are just ripping a TikTok, I can do those ones in a, like five hours or less. But if I do a lot of research and I'm finding the right clips, and I'm, it's 20 to 30 hours. That of work per video. That's a lot. Now, I, I get, like, when I used to do roasting videos, it would take me, like, two days. Because, like, I'm, I'm sure it's a very similar process for you. You find the clips you want you, you want to do, and then you have to film yourself. You know, and it, it's like there's, I'm sure there's some multiple takes in there where you don't actually say it exactly how you want to, and then you have to edit it back out. Mm -hmm. But that is very impressive to put that much work in, into 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 this like well, very, very is, like, and, it, and it shows it absolutely shows i would imagine it would have been a long time if you would have said like three hours and been like what the fuck like no. me and you would have had a me and you would have had a conversation afterwards like tell me what you do there you well, know because usually what i'm trying to do is find the bigger picture like i look at something like this is an example of confirmation bias this is an mm -hmm. example of main character syndrome like i want to tell what it is and not just shred it like say this is the topic and then I write a narration about it then I have to animate the whole narration and then mm -hmm. I break down what I want to speak about and then I show the examples back it up with the with the articles the references making sure it's tight and takes time that's awesome that's awesome somebody's asking about figure skating background to help teach hockey and skating skills um, so I was a figure skater. I learned to skate when I was four. I was junior national level when I was 18. And then I did uh, synchronized skating um, between the ages of 24 to 34. And I still stayed skating with teenagers because I'm just that good. <laughs> I just didn't want to skate with the adults at, at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I really, really um, enjoy skating. And my expertise in that is what really helps me with my children. So I have two kids that play hockey and mm -hmm. hockey players don't typically know how to skate correctly. And so I hop on the ice and I chase the kids around and teach them how to push properly. That's awesome. That is, that is awesome. My nephew's a avid hockey player. Um, Lydia, did you see that the, that woman Gabrielle's video about how it's not cute to be fat and feeling bad for promoting it? Yes, and I covered it. You should go check out my channel. Yes, go <laughs> I, check I did, out our um, channel. I did a really good one where it's um, the Gabriella, um, Megan Ann covered her, and then this angry, angry black woman, I think is her handle. She was attacking Megan, and then I stuck myself in there, and I talk about all of it. <laughs> me, 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 what? We can, we can, we can have me, you, Megan, and a few other people back on. We can, we can talk about this whole thing. I, we'll get a big summit. I, I like doing the big summits and like getting a couple hours together for, for, for us to talk about all sorts of stuff. I would love to be uh, on the show with Megan and you. That would be great. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, do you think the fat acceptance community people believe the stuff they're saying, or that they secretly want to be thin and feel uh, and feel unhealthy while pretending to for influencer status? I think that they all want to be thin. I think that if there was a get thin now button, they'd all push it. Mm -hmm. Every last one of them. They're, None of them are behind, happy being fat. Yeah, I, behind the scenes, they're all trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I believe that they're all like they they all would change over what they got going on. They've just a lot of them have given up. I mean, I get it. Most most folks don't want to be hungry. That's one of the reasons why we did the why, why we have no morbidity and stuff like that is because. I realize, like, I know for myself when I tried to, I, I would lose weight and then it's like, okay, math and willpower. I have a book, best-selling best -selling book from Amazon, math and willpower. After a while, willpower sucks. I mean, like, after, after a while, like, if you eat, like, uh, if you eat in a way that's going to make you hungrier, eventually your willpower will, will wear through or you'll just be miserable. Like, not being hungry, like, now I'm able to just, I, I'm able to control it. For them, for these folks, that's they don't want to give up either the food they're either addicted to or the, or they've allowed their binge eating disorder to convince them that it's recovery from something. That's like how many people do you hear like how many times do you hear a fat accepting person say that dieting is eating disorder behavior? Like a three hundred pound person telling other people what eating disorder behavior is, is just like, like well, what do you have now? <laughs> that's my question. I what say that all the now? I say that all the time. Like if you if you think that you're 300 pounds and you do not have an eating disorder, you are stupid. 
Like you're in denial or stupid or both because they, I mean, you absolutely are eating in a disordered fashion. You're twice the size you should be, you know? And I, I just think that that's a little crazy. Like it's just like what you said before. The only eating disorder is restrictive for, for them for some reason. Yeah. But meanwhile, they all live in eating disorder. They all live in disordered fashion. Well, and there's always this emphasis about mental health. And they say that with an eating disorder, that they're risking their mental health. And I'm like, well, what is your mental health like now? Because if you're binging, your mental health can't be good. So a lot of them convince themselves it's not a binge, though. It's just how they eat. Like they, they binge daily and they, they just convince themselves that's, that's just how they eat. You know, I just love food like 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 uh, Anna. What, what's her name? Glitter and lasers. She's a daily binge eater. I guarantee it. Like daily. Like I, I bet you like one. I bet you she eats in private a lot. But I bet you when she eats at home, I bet you it's like 3,000 calories a sitting, you know, like they just convince themselves, you know, it's like a cult, it's like a cult. I'm subscribed and have the bell notification on. Good, good, good. Everybody, here, here's the link again, just in case you missed it. It's insane. And hang on a second. I had to tell nurses that my heart rate is naturally low, uh, as in when I sit, my, uh, sit, my sitting rate can be the same as my sleeping. Mine is too. Mine, 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 mine floats like 45, 45 to 50. So somewhere in there. I mean, I, have a, I pay attention to mine. It's very, very low actually, but um, don't forget Ilona at that summit. I, yeah, I'd love to have, I'd love to have her there. Ilona. I like, I like Ilona stuff. I really do. She's like, a, like she's the on opposite schedule time-wise, I think is us. Let's see. Anybody else have any other questions? I'm subscribed and I'll be binge watching. I did. I, I did not too long ago. That's how I knew. That's how I saw the Tess Holiday, uh, the Tess Holiday one, the Tess Holiday Nicado Avocado. Mm -hmm. Do you, have you ever covered Nicado? No, no. I, I usually stick to the the TikTokers plus Tess and Virgie. I haven't done mm -hmm. Nick, but because Nick is different. Nick knows what he's doing. Nick is not fat acceptance. He knows exactly what he's doing. I uh, I agree with you. I really do. I do. I do think that that because a lot of people are like, oh, he's trolling everybody, and I also always say this: it's not trolling if it if it destroys your life, you know. Like mm -hmm. this will be, and at some point in time, Nicado Avocado is going to be a woe is me. Like it's going to be. He's like, you guys understand. I was, you know, when he gets really, really, really sick, it will be bad. But uh, Alan brings stars in. I'll, I'll I'll reach out to her too. Like the thing is, we can't have too many people because then nobody will be able to talk. I uh, actually discovered Star Shan from Alan's channel. Yeah, she was nice. Uh, even Dr. Phil told her it was crazy. Oh, uh, that one lady. The, what's her name? Uh, Lexi. Lexi, yeah. That's yeah, right. That's the, right. Uh, put a bubble in your mouth, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always find it funny too, because like, these folks can be shattered. Like, like, one comment can shatter somebody like I I will look if I like your content before I subscribe okay you're gonna never speak on this channel again then that's fucking rude as fuck to say to somebody so I don't care if you've been I don't care if you've been a subscriber of mine for like eight years if you fucking say something like that to one of my one of my guests on my channel you're fucking out of here fuck off um anyway Virgie Tovar's the worst. Virgie started it off. People don't. She was. She was a, one of the. She's. She mainstreamed uh, fat acceptance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Jillian. You got it before I did. So what's uh, what's next? You said you're building an Instagram for for the honest body honesty project. Yeah. Do you plan on do you plan on doing a daily up, upload schedule? Um. No. Well, see. <sighs> I have a full-time job and two kids and I coach hockey. Like YouTube is a side gig for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I try to upload once or twice a week there and that's what I can handle. Right now I'm actually trying to alternate like some videos with animations and some without because the animations take me a really, really long time to do and I want to upload mm -hmm. more. So kind of alternating. I do want to tease though, the video I'm working on this week, I swear to God, it is the most abhorrent, offensive, fat acceptance TikTok I have ever seen. And if anyone watches it and finds a TikTok that's worse than this, let me know. Because when I saw it, my mind was blown. So warning you all ahead of time, if you watch the video, your blood will boil. It is the most offensive fat when acceptance. When are you releasing it? 
Um, I'm working on it right now. I'm hoping to get it done this weekend, so probably Sunday. Perfect, perfect. Make, make sure to send me a message about it. I'll share it on my channel too. Okay. Um, but, uh, and I do, like, I'm, I'm flying out to Pittsburgh in a little bit, but please do tell everybody where they can find you. And then we, I will reach out uh, later on this week and we'll talk about, uh, somebody says, is it, is it the Marissa one? Nope. Nope. Okay. Marissa, Marissa's, Mar Marissa's harmless. I, I, if you ask me, Marissa, like, does, Marissa helps us out more than anything because she just looks like a fucking clown. She acts like a clown, looks like a clown. Like, when, when they try, it, fat acceptance is no longer fat acceptance. They're trying for fat dominance uh, over the conversation, right? If you want me to be accepted, if you want to be accepted and what you do, you know, if somebody says, hey, it's un like some factual to you, this is unhealthy, you should just kind of be like, okay, I know it is, but I'm going to do this. Like somebody said that, like, somebody's like, well, you know, your tattoos are unhealthy. Like, yeah, I did it anyway. Like I fucking, when I was younger, I, I, I drank, I drank alcohol and I knew that was unhealthy. I still did that too. Like it's, everybody makes decisions, right? I, th I think Marissa's annoying and illogical and therefore you, it's a hard, harder to argue with her. But I think for the most part, she's not, not that bad. I think like, I think Tess is way worse than, than Marissa. Like, mm -hmm. Way, way, way worse. But where can everybody find you? And you're releasing that on uh, on on Sunday, Sunday. you said? Okay. It should be Sunday, maybe Monday, but I'm aiming to get it done for Sunday. Yeah, it's just my YouTube channel, uh, Body Honesty Project. And if you want to see my dance stuff, it's not the same as my YouTube stuff. But if you like to watch dance, it's at Mom the Dances on Instagram. All right. That is awesome, and thank you, thank you so much for joining. And like I said, we'll I'll reach out to you about the summit here. We'll, I'll try to get it for like another week or two, and we'll it'll probably be a couple hours long. All right? Okay, sounds great. Sounds great. Thank you so much, and everybody, thank you very much. I am going to be off for the rest of the weekend because I'm like I said, I'm going to Pittsburgh, and I hope everybody has a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Goddamn. Goddamn. You want to say goddamn? There you go. I was going to say. I,